Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Okay, so we just found out that Stephen has no idea what Adventures in Odyssey is. And I said, press record right now. So, Stephen. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? I mean, no shame. I'm not trying to shame yeah, you, but like, I mean, it really? Comes, it comes up a lot. You talk about it a lot. I'll acknowledge that. I'm a good friend and I'm listening to like media <laughs> touch points that matter to you. But I, I truly don't know what we're like. Is it a, is it like a TV show or like a, is it a podcast that I can listen to? Well, yes, and Emily, do you know Adventures in Odyssey? I definitely do. Okay, I thank you. What am I missing? Do. So we don't need to dwell on this for a long time, but Adventures in Odyssey was a radio program put out by Focus on the Family that was an early radio drama with incredible production and also really good voice actors. Like the intro voice actor, like for the intros and outros, she is the voice of Barbie. Mm-hmm. Like she's always mm-hmm. been the voice of Barbie, not like the new Barbie movie. Um. It's a whole universe. Sure. Like it's, we're not talking Marvel, but like it was originally radio. Um, there was a limited cartoon series. Mm-hmm. You can, in fact, listen to a podcast that reviews it called the Prophetic Imagination Station. Listen, I knew that they reviewed that. I only started listening to them when they started reviewing the Jesus Freak record from DC Talk. And I still don't. I mean, like, okay, so Adventures in Odyssey, is it like a... I guess it's put out by Focus on the Family, so it's like overtly Christian thing. Yes. Yeah, like radio drama and comedy, but with Christian messaging. Okay. So it's mostly about kids and families, and it focused around this man named Mr. Whitaker, who owned an ice cream parlor called Wit's End. His name was Wit. Okay, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just a joke. It was a a Christian joke. Uh Uh Uh-huh. Wit's End. It has some dark episodes. Like one of the episodes is about one of the atheist science characters. Mm. I would say a proto science Mike, if you will, um, becoming Christian. Oh, okay. There's a there, okay. It covers a lot of ground. So it does. Was the show like trying to be like very evangelistic about it, or were they subtle with it? I don't know. What does Emily think? I would say it was moderate. Okay. I would agree with that. All right. And also, I think the Mayfields from the Prophetic Imagination Station would agree with that. Like, their first two seasons were about Adventures in Odyssey. Highly recommend. Okay. And it was really interesting to hear them kind of compare and contrast, like, where in some places Adventures in Odyssey kind of, like, gave this really radical view of Christianity, like, in a positive light. Sure. And in other ways, like, gave some really fundamentalist views of Christianity and, like, starting to see some of the rise of the the moral religious right in the plot copy that so okay well anyway uh hey welcome to the pod everyone thank you for sitting through me just shamefully not 
knowing things. Learning about his um, own culture and people. Yeah. That's what he was doing. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, not anymore. Excuse me. Josh. Excuse me. Emily. Not anymore. Lord. What a delight to be recording with you two. What I, a delight. On this episode 146, I have two things I would like to celebrate. Whoa. The first one is that we, as a podcast, have crossed 40,000 downloads. Which is very exciting. If you host your own podcast, you might know that that is kind of like small potatoes in the podcast market. But hey, we're proud but of it. But it's potatoes nonetheless. We're, yeah, we're still eating potatoes, which are God's gift to the starch family of foods. Mash them, boil them, stick them in a stew. That's right. Uh, the second thing I want to celebrate is our newest patron who just joined the Discord and bought our drinks today. My friend Erica. Thank you, Erica. Erica. Yes, thank you. She and I love you. met in my couple years of college. Really? Yeah, she and I met in college. That's crazy. I I had no idea you guys knew each other. Yeah. She's my friend. <laughs> okay. I guess we knew each other completely separately. That's crazy. Amazing. Wow. That's so... So... Montana. Connections. Small town USA. Thank you, Erica. We really do appreciate it. Yes, we do. Speaking of these delicious drinks that Erica graciously bought for us uh, today by joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash RavelPod, what are you two drinking? I am proud to be drinking a drink made by my lovely girlfriend, Elise. She made me a gin and San Pellegrino drink. I think the Pellegrino was like blood orange or something. And then there's a bunch of muddled raspberries, a candied orange slice, and then the rim is dipped in hot honey and sugar crusted. Whoa. Delicious. Very sweet, but good. Photos in the chat, please. Picks or it didn't happen. Uh, Emily, what are you drinking? I am. Well, I, take a guess. Lipton tea. Yeah. Iced. No. Iced tea. Oh. Uh, lemonade something. Body no. armor. No. Uh, a beer. Uh, uh, close. Wine. Oh. A cider. A cider. Last chance cider. Hey. No. Perfection. Oh, that one's so good. I know. And I am a sucker for pears. So, you know. Yeah. That it's, one's very it's good. It's all good. I like the Pippin at last chance. It's a nice, it's like a super dry. Cider, oh, yeah. delicious. See, and I'm not very fond of dry, but okay. that one, Fair I enough. definitely, I yeah, I stand by it. Amen. Great. Yeah, that's how I lean on wines as well. Um, I lean on me. am sipping on a Montucky cold snack tonight, brewed Ooh. here in Bozeman. Well, I say here, brewed here in Montana, Bozeman, Montana. I got the pick. Wow, Josh, this props to Elise. This drink looks yeah. exquisite. It's glorious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. Very it, colorful, very pink. You're missing out on this uh, picture. It is. Mm. That's beautiful. Well done. Delightful. Well done. You and Elise clearly care about Bev. We do. And clearly. All right, gang. Uh, it's about time we get into the episode. But I, uh, to be honest, I am having a real hard time choosing between two topics. <gasps> and so I kind of want to. I had one of those in a while. I just want to tease them both to you guys and then you guys choose. Oh, that's kind of mean, but okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't want to flip a coin or roll a dice. Like, I, I want to follow your interests, and these okay. both feel, like, equally interesting to me, so. But what happens if, like, we're split? I guess I'll be like, the tiebreaker, like- and ultimately, I'll still make the decision, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My, so it's off or not. My first topic that I've been thinking about this week is the idea of patience, and patience as a virtue, and patience as a fruit of the spirit. And my second potential topic is actually a bit of pushback 
for my friend Josh, all I'll say is in my episode where I came clean, I feel like I was like having a confessional of sorts, but when uh-huh. I said I was non-Christian, Josh had a very good word for me um, that made me feel very heard and seen. And yet I have a bit of pushback and that is I actually don't think there's room for me to belong in Christianity now. Ooh. Those are both so good. <laughs> Damn it. Ooh. Sorry. Josh, what are you leaning towards? Because one of those topics is kind of directed. I really, oh man. I really do want to talk about that second one. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, do we need more time to sit with it? Do we? I think that's the better teaser. I think we should sit with that one as much as I really want to talk about that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we'll like let ourselves think more about that one and practice patience. Yeah. Now that you guys know it's coming, you have a couple weeks to think about it before it's my turn to bring up a topic again. Or we like completely forget about it and then we're like, wait, what? No, I won't. I promise I'm not going to forget about that. (laughs) I think my opinion stays the same, but I think I need more time to formulate. Like I want more time to formulate my thoughts. I say we do patience. All All right. Cool. 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 And thereby we exercise patience on what may have been the more tempting offer of a topic. And I love it. Um, Tempted I was. Yeah. Like, like the devil (laughs) Mm -hmm. tempting me Mm -hmm. with the, the sweet, sweet temptations. Right. Of life. Yep. And you said, man does not eat on bread alone, nor does he follow the hot takes. Absolutely not Lucifer. Not today. Right. So I've been thinking about patience this week uh, because... As you guys know, I have a new puppy and sometimes it's like living a dream. We're walking in the sun. She's literally frolicking in the flowers. She's super soft and cuddly and gives me all sorts of kisses and we have a great time. And then sometimes I never want to see her again. (laughs) Um, And I really found my patience tested this weekend and it kind of turned into what unfortunately I let basically sour an entire day. Uh, like I was in a bad mood. Everything was getting on my nerves and not that there were anything out of the ordinary that any of my pets were doing or that my incredibly gracious and patient wife was doing out of the ordinary. I was just, I was a grumpy goose on Sunday and I'm not proud of it, Goose. but it got me thinking about patience and it's biblical cousin long suffering. What? It lists the fruits of the spirit. Some people say long suffering is the fourth one. Some people say patience, depending on the translation. I've never heard that. Patience in spite of troubles. Yeah, I just, why do we think it's a virtue? Do we think it's only a virtue because we are enculturated to think so? Or do you think there's something deeper? Mm. I think there's totally something deeper. Okay. And that's just like, it comes from God. Uh, yeah, why not? That was overly simplistic. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, why not? I mean, if, okay, when you think of what a virtue is, a virtue is something that you would hope contributes to happiness or living well, you know, intentional living. And I think patience does that. It helps to contribute to happiness and living well. I would agree with that. I also think that patience, when treated properly and practiced properly, I think can be the antidote to hot-headedness and polarization. Yeah. And extremeness. Um, I was just listening to an episode of You Have Permission called You Are Not Your Beliefs, which was a fascinating discussion. But one of the things that they talked about was the concept of 
intellectual humility being the antidote to certainty as in a way like functioning for hope that like you hope you are true or like you hope that something is true but like you have the intellectual humility to admit that it might not be true i think i see patience functioning in a really similar way like i think patience is very empathetic also very slow moving oftentimes and i think that especially in like a a busy world bombarding us with screens everywhere like i think that it's really easy to see patience as like going against the grain but i don't know if i would use it this kind of like virtuous language or not like i don't know if i would describe it that label mm. or not mm. i don't know not very uh ben franklin of you <laughs> <laughs> that's okay though do you think it's a virtue or like should be a virtue i guess you kind of have to like define what what we like to, virtue to be I, for purposes of this conversation, you've already brought it up, Josh, but even though I am no longer Christian, I'm actually okay saying that virtuousness is equal to bearing fruit of the Spirit. See, I my first idea of a definition would be to say that virtuousness is something to strive for that the majority of the world would say you should strive for. As in, like, there should be less suffering in the world, therefore less suffering is a virtue. If we're only saying that the majority of the world thinks that it is, then we are saying that it's just enculturated. Yeah, but some things can be universally enculturated. Yeah. Like, for instance, there's there's emotions that only some cultures feel, and there's roughly about seven emotions that seem to be universal, biologically ingrained into our psyches as humans, Mm -hmm. that regardless of your language and how your language affects the way you perceive time and emotion and what you should and should not show... Mm there do seem to be these like universal emotions. And so I think that you could make an argument for like universal or like vast majority accepted virtues as well. Yeah. Yeah. Words that come to mind are uh, deliberate and also mindful. Intentional. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not reactive. Right. Well, I think that's what makes it seem so virtuous is that like, I think that humans do have a tendency to be reactive as fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. and i think that Mm. patience seems like an obvious opposite of that like you cannot be patient and also well okay maybe i'm gonna eat my own words i was gonna say you cannot be patient and go into fight or flight but like there's also people who refer to like fight flight or freeze yeah and so like i think that maybe sometimes patience gets like mislabeled as patience Mm -hmm. like sure as inactivity sometimes like the freeze part yeah yeah. Like for instance, uh for myself, I think I'm a very patient person and then sometimes I think I'm a little too patient and I'm like not entirely sure where that line is. Like sometimes. you're being like walked on. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just a part of growth. I don't know. Pushover. <laughs> I think it's interesting the way you just said that, Josh, is that maybe we admire something like patience because we have a way of dissociating from ourselves enough to recognize that patience is in a way overcoming something of an animal instinct in fight or flight. Mm. Like, do we as people admire when we're able to say like, Oh, there's the amygdala. Calm down, bro. Mm. You know, stepping out of our reptilian brain. Yeah. Like putting instinct aside and being able to like be, dare I say rational, like it's starting to sound uh, it, it's starting to sound a little Pauline in the way of like, I put aside the impulses of my body and I rise above them. Do you think that the Christian idea of 
patience poses anything extraordinary in regards to patience because like as much as I think I am a patient person I feel like I've had so many people tell me that and like I feel like every time it happens I'm always like well thank you I guess but I'm not like (laughs) thinking about being patient I just like how I am I guess (laughs) like I don't know maybe there are sometimes I'm like consciously trying to like like hold it together but like I think more often than not it seems to be my more natural reaction Mm -hmm. and I don't think I'm often motivated theologically. Like, I don't think I've ever been like, Jesus would want me to be patient right now. Mm. And so I don't know if Christianity has like a unique take on patience. I don't know if it has to be a unique stance. I think it can just be an understanding. I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is God was patient with us, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and people are like, well, what do you mean by that? And I'm like, okay, let's, let's look at the good old Bible, shall we? How many prophets were like ignored time and time again? And yet God was still present. God still understood and took in our suffering, our joy, everything in between. You know, God, in my opinion, wasn't so quick just to be like, well, you're hopeless. There's nothing I can do for you. Um, Because then like, what would the point of all of it be? I think even like Jesus shows examples of patience and like how it, is above human nature to be patient. Like, I don't think it is something that you may be able to be patient easily depending on your personality, but I don't think it's actually something that as humans, we are born with the capacity to do. I think we are born into a world where everything is thrown at you. It's fast paced. It's abrupt. And we have to learn we have to actually take the time to understand and to learn what it means to be patient. My toddler, for example, loves to color. She takes after her father. She's a great artiste, love her to death, don't like it when she draws on the walls, on bookshelves, on carpets, right? You have to teach her how to be patient and to listen to say, hey, we're going to color on the paper instead. And her wonderful brain, she doesn't want to listen. She wants to keep doing what she's doing. So I have to be patient and lead by example to say, we're going to take a breath. I need you to focus. I need you to be patient with me so you can understand why we don't want to color on the carpet and on the walls and on the shelves and why it's easier and better to color on the paper. (laughs) Like we as people do not want to be patient. I don't think I've ever met someone that's like, oh yeah, I love being patient. Like you can be really good at it, but that doesn't mean you want to do it. You're saying it, it, it's something to be cultivated. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you think your relationship to patience has grown or changed being a parent, Emily? It's definitely a selfless thing. Do you think that's inherent in patience? Yeah, I do. A selflessness about it? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That strikes me in two ways. That strikes me as both other oriented and also a release of ego. Yeah. Kind of selfless. Cause like I'll often feel like I, you know, like this morning I was feeling in a very centered place cause I've been walking a lot with my new puppy. So I like I'm up, I journal, I make coffee, then I take her for a walk and we're in the sun and it's breezy and it's, it's beautiful. And then I drive to work and then I get stuck behind a train and it makes me (laughs) 
15 minutes late to work. And I felt it was a very like Pete Holmes has a bit of like, I love traffic. Like, where do you go to, where do you, where are you going? That's so urgent. Like, <laughs> are you going to freak out and be like, I'd be happier if I was at work, you know, like, <laughs> and that's how I felt this morning. Like I was just sitting watching this train and I was watching people peel off the road, like choosing different routes to go around the train track or like that would require like miles of a detour. And I'm just sitting there like, it'll move eventually guys. It's fine. Like I felt like very mm-hmm. magnanimous today, but I think part of that was I didn't feel all that attached to ego in that moment. I was like, this is what is and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So selflessness that you've learned about patience. Yeah. Strikes me both ways like that. Absolutely. It's just sometimes it's hard to remember that's available when you are activated though. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys think of, are you able to, in a moment of realization, be like, oh, I am being reactive. I'm all up and like hot and bothered. Like I feel the tightness in my chest. Like I'm annoyed with X, Y, Z. Do you have mantras or practices or anything like that that helps you like unflip the lid and come back to that place? I think probably no. I think that mine tends to be more like I'm, I like realize that I'm being reactive and then I'm like, how did I even get here? Like, I'm usually not like this. Like, it's just such like an unnatural state for me usually mm. <laughs> that I'm, I'm just like not practiced in like trying to like calm myself down to like a more patient place. But I do think mm. the point about like it being selfless is really on point because I think the empathy does motivate a lot of like types of patience, like with people or with kids or with um, elderly people, like. I think that it does come from a deeper place of understanding. And I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back, but I mean, I think that like trying to understand someone and like think about them empathetically leads to patience. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't really have a mantra, I guess <laughs> to answer your question. I have like a breathing technique. It was something that I learned in CPE, which I'm really grateful for. And also just, I feel like as a parent, I've just kind of developed different ways of, taking time and refocusing it's not the same every time it really depends on the situation but thank god for cpe because (laughs) action reflection action because i know there's going to be times where i'm going to be faced with a similar situation and it's like okay how did i react to that last time oh yeah that didn't go so well okay now i'm better prepared so Hmm. i think it also requires a great deal of being present and i think josh was speaking to that a moment ago it's when you are present whether it's working with others whether it's listening in on a situation or whatever the case may be you know steven your example of being stuck waiting for a train like you were just present in that moment the train was going by you knew the train was going to be out of the way eventually rather than reacting or anticipating oh when is it going to end ah i'm so pissed off i'm going to you know now angrily drive away or whatever you had a moment where you could just be present and it's like what did you learn from that what actually happened in those 15 minutes you were 15 minutes you know later for work or whatever the case may be but you got to be in a spot where maybe you saw a really cool bird outside your window or like (laughs) (laughs) whatever like patience is something that can lead you to something else that's more life-giving than if we are not patient. I'll admit as well, there, uh, 
I can easily go from like just enjoying the present moment when patience is really like having a good flex, but also like watching people drive away and like get all bothered and see them like rip a U-turn and like drive past me again. I am not going to lie. I derived a little bit of pleasure when like they left and literally 20 seconds later, the train started moving. (laughs) I was like, serves you right. Like I got judgy almost immediately. (laughs) Put me up on the high horse pretty quickly. I do think that's really interesting. Like the idea that like patience pays off because I think that like sometimes that is true. Like the whole tortoise beats the hare thing. Yeah. Um, But like, I feel like in Christian spaces, I feel like patience does sometimes, and I don't use this word very often. I do think patience sometimes gets weaponized against people. Like, I, I think like in terms of like, yes. um, like equivocating patience and grace for people, like that you should just like forgive anything and like not bat an eye when something goes wrong or abusive or yeah, even just like straight up hard work, like that you should be patient in your like free hard work or even your paid hard work. Like that's a real thing in like employment spaces too. They're like, you just have to put your head down and take it. And like, sometimes I think that I've like, this, this is like some of the ways that I think that maybe I've been too patient. <laughs> Cause like, I like to be empathetic and I like to think that people have the best of intentions and that like things are going to get better. And I'm very optimistic overall. And so I think that like when it comes to like these sometimes really complex social and employment type situations where there's just like so many moving pieces it's really easy to just like let that kind of patience exponentially build until you realize that you can't let it build anymore because you've just been like stacking on top of it. Mm. At least for me. <laughs> so mm. like maybe that's like an unintentional byproduct of too much patience. Mm. Like I think that patience as much as it is selfless, like on the part of the giver, I think that it can be used by people selfishly. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Emily, what is the... Are there qualitative differences that you teach as a pastor between patience and long-suffering, as it's translated? Are they just synonyms? No, there is a subtle difference. So patience in the Greek is actually made up of two other words. Hypo, which would mean under, and monio, which is a verb, and it's uh, like 
difficult or to like to remain or to abide in. Mm. So the idea is to remain under or to abide under a difficult situation or circumstance. Long suffering in the Greek means long wrath is what the two words come down to. Whoa. So it can mean like a wrath or like a fierceness. It's basically used to carry out the idea of like a temper. So you can withstand for a long time in unfavorable or fierce situations or circumstances. Mm. So like one of the differences that I usually point people to is found in Colossians. The word patience, when it's translated, it actually emphasizes like an endurance, whereas long suffering emphasizes attitude or frame of mind. So it's different. It's using a different mental capacity, if you will. Patience is more of an endurance, whereas long suffering is just completely changing your attitude or your frame of mind. Like as in, are you, I'm sorry, are you saying that it's implying that you are, ch- by being patient, you are changing your frame of mind? Long suffering. Hmm. If you are being patient, you have endurance. Sure. But long suffering you are having a change of mind or a frame of mind. You are having a change of attitude. Mm. So do you, do either of you feel like there's something or like some types of things that you just like don't have patience for anymore? (laughs) Sorry. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you care to share? Uh, Yeah. I'm going to rant. So bear with me. (laughs) Send off queen. (laughs) Racism, xenophobia, sexism, ableism. I do not have patience for those because they Mm -hmm. are not life-giving. They don't belong in the world. They hinder a great creation and it does not lead to any good whatsoever. I have no patience for those things. I have no patience for ageism. I have no patience for religious hate. I have no patience for heterosexism. You name it. I don't have patience for any of those. (laughs) You don't have endurance for those or you don't uh, you, like you don't have patience or long suffering because like it's both. The, it's both. The the way I'm thinking about the the differentiation you gave us is like it seems like patience is actually what happens when you endure as circumstances around you change, whereas long suffering is when you change. Yeah. OK, so I can't imagine that you are looking for an attitude change on your views of xenophobia, racism, no. sexism, right? So like it's patience and endurance that you optimally want. Is that right? Like you want the circumstance to change around you and to exhibit patience with that would be like being able to sit with someone who is behaving that way and eventually changing them. Mm. Yes. That's what I'm getting at. That's like particularly what I want to talk about. I don't know if that's exactly what Emily's saying, but that's exactly the angle I was thinking of for myself. It's like the the story, I forget the guy's name. It's the story of the black guy who sat with KKK members and then eventually those members of the clan changed and like renounced the clan. You know what I mean? Mhm. Yeah, like would you call that patience on his part or long suffering? Long suffering. I do think that's an interesting distinction. Who would you say had patience in like a scenario like that though? Like, would you all, would you say that like he had a patience and a long suffering or like, cause if like, so like he went into that scenario, like trying to specifically trying to like reach them with empathy and change their minds. 
I don't know. I'm still like trying to figure out like exactly in my mind, like on a practical level, what the difference would be between patience and long suffering. But I feel like I understand it. If you are sitting in a room and your intention is to change the attitude or the situation to change it, that's long suffering. Hmm. But if you're just trying to understand, not with the goal to change, that's patience. So like, I can't be empathetic or understanding and endure racism, xenophobia, sexism any longer. Like, Mm. (laughs) you know what I mean? It's, I can't just sit in the room and let those things continue to exist. It's like when you're running, right? If you have an endurance, you can continue to run even though you're tired. I don't have that endurance. Like, I don't have that capability to say, I'm going to just push through and allow racism to continue. Mm. Like long suffering is it needs to change. Like I need to push through the endurance and actually create change is my, is what I'm believing it to be for me. So any precipitated change mm-hmm. is long suffering. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I hmm. believe it to be. Sure. Emily, I liked your point about parenting earlier and I keep thinking about that and it reminds me of the concept of gentle parenting. I don't know if you ascribe Uh, to that idea or not. Yes. But I love that idea because like myself, I've like seen that play out in so many real circumstances, mostly work related. And I think that regardless of what age or ability someone is dealing with, I think that just the entire concept of gentle parenting can be very empathetic. I mean, not that you can't use it to manipulate someone, of course, but... Like, I think that, like, at its root is empathy. Mm-hmm. And in trying to, like, make some connections in my head to, like, you know, our overall project here and, like, what we talk about, I think that I myself do not have a long suffering for the church anymore. Mm. But I have patience for the people. Yeah. And I think, I think I'm framing that correctly, at least in terms of, like, how I feel about it. Absolutely. Like, like I no longer want to go to church to change it from the inside. But, like, the real people that like are in the struggle or like trying to figure out what they believe, whether that be in church or out of church. Like I have so much patience for that. I really like that. Well done. Thank you. That was me finally connecting the dots for myself. Cause I was <laughs> patient with myself. Yes. Ooh, that's a concept that we haven't even touched on was being patient with yourself. Yeah. Because also, so I almost brought this up earlier. Like I think that there's this concept that like patience pays off and maybe that's more related to the concept of long suffering. Like That's almost as I'm if thinking. like your patients are like these tokens that you put in to the karmic system of Christianity that you will like eventually pay out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that holds up like mm-hmm. on a theological level. And I also don't think that holds up practically. Like, I don't think that's true. <laughs> right. Um, right. Like, but I do think that like being patient with yourself is mm. a very real, healthy, psychological frame of mind. There is something about the image, though, that gives me, like, the refining fire concept. Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, you don't like it? No. No. Well, I don't know. It's like, uh, keep going. I'm sorry. I judged too soon. Well, I mean, the refining fire of, like, like a Christian universalist world is where I just recently was. So, like, if that's the way things are, I still find that, like, kind of a beautiful picture of, like, the way that struggles can, like... Or hardships can like chip off the hard edges or like Mm. the pressure can form the coal into a diamond or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. There's something about that, like long suffering through the hardship, usually for those with 
like eyes to see and ears to hear, like usually comes with something that does feel refining or rewarding, dare I say, even though I don't think it's a God that does the handing out of the rewards. Like there's something that can be intrinsically rewarding of being like, I just went through hell. Yeah, but it's different when you like have patience at a craft to like become excellent and like build your skills or something. Sure. Versus like, I think patience for the sake of patience doesn't pay off. Mm. I don't think, I don't think I agree actually. I think when interesting, I think especially, uh, so I'm taking it now into the arena of learning. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am trying to actively make the move from using Adobe audition as my digital audio interface of choice. I'm trying to move over to pro tools because that's generally a more marketable skill for folks who are like, hiring for audio jobs they want to know you know pro tools because you hear that hr people yeah steven listen is marketing himself listen with valuable skills and patience well and that's the thing is like especially (laughs) in uh, a world now that is far more optimized for remote work than it was five years ago pro tools is highly collaborative like the export import of different sessions is a lot easier the plugins are a lot easier so like when somebody is looking to hire, they want to know that you can collaborate in the ecosystem that you're ready to collaborate in. So I like, I'm recording this podcast right now on pro tools. It's the first podcast I ever actually record on pro tools, but I know next to nothing. Like I thought it was going to be actually pretty simple to transfer over, but like I tried editing a show the other day and I just time after time kept running into moments of like, how does it feel like I'm just learning this for the first time? Like, and in those moments of like frustration and like this used to come easy to me somewhere in a different ecosystem. Mm. I think those moments of like recognizing the frustration and knowing that like actual learning is happening at the razor thin line between full temper tantrum and patience on the other side. And like, I think enduring through that pays off. Okay. Yeah, sure. I, but I, th- I think that you're agreeing with me. You and I are talking about craft and skills and learning. Yeah. And but like just because somebody puts in, you know, a thousand hours on the presidential campaign trail does not mean they deserve to win. Like ultimately mm. you you cannot like you can't just say that because someone was patient that they deserve to be paid off. You know, like th- th- I don't think that pays off in every situation. I think it's like almost exclusive to like being growth oriented like whether that's on a personal level sure. or something bigger. But even if you're growth um, like, oriented, I think that many people are like, I think many people just expect that like, because they've been patient, they've been waiting for their turn that like, it's going to play out their way. Oh, like, I don't okay. think that's a realistic way to think. Yeah. But I, I, I think, I think that's, com- that's conflating like, it, like a, a campaign manager can exhibit patience, lose the election and still come away with it being like, I'm a better, I'm a different person and a better person because of this experience. Uh, but I think that only happens when like the payoff that comes from the patients exhibited is actually disconnected from like the tangible outcome of like, you got your guy in the seat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I think still the patience itself is intrinsically paying off for you. And that is what we describe as like growth mindset or growth oriented work like i would almost say the patience is the payout say more i think ultimately if you are expecting or anticipating something whether it's 
you deserve something, you're learning or growing from it. I think it's in a way still taking away from the idea of patience itself. Patience in my eyes should be kind of like altruistic. Like you shouldn't be expecting anything. I think the growth is like a nice perk. Sure. But like, that's not what you're trying to obtain. I think patience is the thing itself that you're trying to obtain Mm. and everything else that comes with it is like, okay, cool. But like, that wasn't what I was striving for. Like when, when I sit with a parishioner and I'm listening to their story, I'm not, my goal is not to try to convert them or to change their mind or to tell them they're right or wrong. My goal is to be present and anything that comes from that is great, but that's not, whatever comes from that is not the goal. The goal is to be, to be present and to see what comes out of that. And if I'm trying to anticipate, I'm hoping they have a change of mind or I'm hoping they recognize how great of a pastor I am, then I'm losing the whole point of being present with that person. Mm. And so I think patience, while it's great, let's say the campaign manager, they put in all these hours, the person that they you know, are campaigning for doesn't win. Sure, they learned all these things along the way, but I don't really think someone who's truly patient is going to say, well, at least I learned something from this. I feel so good. I People are not as kind and as decent like it'll be a non-factor yeah i it's it feels like you're describing just like enlightenment (laughs) that's what i'm striving for i would hope (laughs) okay okay like being self-actualized sure yeah what do you think about that josh yeah josh what do you think about that what do you think of that i think it's great okay go for it sorry i was i was being extra quiet i hope your patience pays off yeah I was being I hope it doesn't. patient with my uh, barking puppy downstairs that is clearly being caught on my mic. Uh, thank you for discussing this with me. Thank you for choosing this one and choosing patience on the, the, the hot take that'll come later. Josh, now you have time to build up a case, build up an argument. Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? It's like I said way, 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 way long ago. Don't anticipate. Participate. participate. That's great. Uh, can I do my uh, my best Smeagol impression for you two? Uh, yeah, but then I'm not going to give a closing. Like, this is going to be it. So you better make it count. All right. Hey, friends. May we have patience. Patience, my love. I lost it when you started talking normally <laughs> after you said you're going to do a Smeagol thing. <laughs> Whatever. That's good. That's good. Creepy. You're a regular Andy Circus. Pretty good, good at plushies. Smeagol does sound kind of sexy if you do him right. Oh my God. Hot Smeagol. We are not having this conversation. Hot boy Smeagol. You heard it here first. <laughs> it is specifically... <laughs> Smeagol, though, because he has much kinder eyes than Golem does.